What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Decode Podcast. I am your host, Omega Z, aka Ken Cardez, editor and chief of the Decor written content portion available at digitalerraentertainment.com. This is Decode, our esports and gaming podcast. I am joined by Waypoint Cafe owner and operator and our producer, CL Geekboy, a.k.a. Gino, body hand that is always off to uh, my right. Welcome to the stream. We are uh, here fresh off a day after uh, a Nintendo Direct that had a lot of games. So we're definitely going to be talking about uh, those games today on the show, so to speak. Uh, we're also going to, well, I'm going to touch on the Hogwarts legacy controversy. Going to share my personal thought, which is a, I, I a just bunch have of one, verbal stuff. That I have, I, I, wrote, I have, I, I have one. I, I, did you read the IGN review? See, this is why I can never trust IGN reviews <laughs> But did you, did you read what it said? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, nine, nine, I'm like, have we, have we lost what it actually means to be a 9 out of 10? No, there's just no more. Are ten. we now playing whose line is it anyway? No. Where be- the points don't matter? Because with a lot of games journalism, and I use that term so... Blog, it's now. blogging. We were never journalists. <laughs> we were never... Su- None of the people in the beginning went to journalism school for this. I actually went to journalism yes, school. Yes, I know you did, <laughs> but I'm saying a lot of people Yeah, it, didn't it, really. So these bloggers... Because um, I'm going to be quite honest with you. IGN, while when it was a magazine, yes, had an, had, had an ethics board. And then they got bought by News Corp. Yeah. Damn you, Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> Damn you. Uh, but yeah, but this is why, like, I, I just don't trust IGN reviews ever. And this isn't <laughs> the first time something like this has happened. But for those of you who haven't read the review, the IGN Hogwarts Legacy review talks about like how glitchy and like bland and the game's kind of like mid and they gave it a nine out of ten i mean did you know how how what they gave to the auras game right the pokemon remakes of uh omega rubies um whatever uh, alpha sapphire no <laughs> they gave it a seven out of ten too many trumpets too much water okay <laughs> You had to use surf too many times. That's I'm sitting there, I'm like, you went into this knowing this. How, how did you how, how did you mess that? I don't know. It was that's when I stopped paying attention to IG. I'm like, what? So I'll tell you exactly when I stopped paying attention to it. And it was their review of the Tomb Raider reboot, the very first one. Oh, I remember that. Because that review, you would have thought this person found God. That's how well they praised this game. And they gave it a seven out of ten. I know. There is absolutely nothing negative in the review. review. (coughs) I can only think of one negative about that game. (coughs) Excuse me. That's which one is that? The Tomb Raider reboot. The first one. It was Tomb Raider. Okay, Tomb Raider. Then the Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It was Tomb Raider. Rise Rise of the Tomb Tomb Raider. Raider. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Okay, so each of those games in PC gaming are used for benchmarking. Mm. As each new one has come out. Because the only negative is, yeah, you can't run this game on Ultra. <laughs> I don't know what they did for optimization. You cannot run that game on Ultra, period. 
It's just hilarious. I just love that, like, that game had a partnership with, uh, what was the the, the shampoo brand, Trifrem? Yeah, yeah. Because of how great her hair looked on high settings. Again, that game <laughs> broke PCs. Yeah, I mean, that game was incredibly beautiful to look at. Yep. Um, but yeah, that review specifically made me go, I will never trust an IGN review ever again. It's funny because I've started paying attention to reviews out from like the English magazine, uh, EGM, I think it is. Well, the the UK magazine is Edge. Yeah, there's Edge. And then there's another one that's just syndicated in the rest of the of Europe. I think it's called Electronic Gamer Monthly. I mean, that's EGM has been around for a while. Yeah. So. And I sit there and I read their reviews. I'm like, these people are harsh, but fair. Yeah, they're super like... <laughs> Brutal, honest, brutally honest. Oh, 100. 100%. I, I, their Breath of the Wild review made me laugh because it's just like, it's like they st- they literally wrote, it's like Nintendo went to, to France and stole the talent from the Assassin's Creed team. <laughs> I was just like, damn. That's hilarious. Uh, one of the things that I love about Edge is they're not afraid to be like, yeah, you know what? This game might be play like in any game in general. I'm yeah. not talking about a specific game, but they. What I love about Edge is that they they also have an appreciation for like the work that goes into. A oh game yeah, yeah. Game. So like when they're like, yeah, this game looks amazing. The this the draw distance, the art yep. style. Like they go into like the actual like creation of the game and that's how they review because they review it not just on how the game actually is but also like what effort the team made or at least what effort the team attempted to make and that's why i love a lot of the edge reviews like they're one of the few magazines believe it or not that was like i love devil may cry 2 i mean you think about it like devil may cry 2 looks really cool and it is stylish and it is flashy and that's an okay objective review to stare at to stare at uh i mean t- uh to go by with a game like devil may cry 2 i mean we all know we i didn't like devil may cry 2 i thought the game sucked but when you look at it from like the creation aspect like yeah, the design cool, yeah, yeah like the monster design was really cool in that yeah. game dante looked cool in that game he did some cool stuff in that mm-hmm. game so like there were positives there but like that my, can't be the whole review my favorite my favorite um about them was how they kind of went after mirror's edge but they flat out said the game is a glorious te- like they said that tech it's a tech demo that you could play through yeah with a with an okay story but really cool physics engine mm-hmm. and i was like yeah i appreciate that and they they praised the lighting engine mm-hmm. and even for the second one they're like this is just more of the same thing it's great but it's still like a six out of ten because mm-hmm. it's like the, the gameplay is not that they were just, engaging. That's a, that's a fair, it's very objective, which is what I like yeah. about Edge. They're very objective when it comes to their... We need more of that. We do, but I get told no all the time. Remember when Kotaku said... Uh, this is how I stopped paying attention to Kotaku in a lot of... Killer7. When Killer7 came out, that the reviews stunk for it. Everyone hated the game. Remake comes out on the GameCube. Cult following. Yeah. I mean, Killer7 is a weird game. It is a weird game. But it's also a good game. <laughs> For real. Speaking of games, as we do before we get into all the nuts and bolts of our show, let's catch people up with what we've been playing. Do you know anything new you've been playing uh, Fire since Emblem. last week? You've been keeping up with Fire Emblem and Engage? As I call it, 
royalty incest simulator. <laughs> oh, man. It's Animal Husbandry, the game! And I used to say that about Pokemon! Right. You literally breed units together, have a child, and get I, new units. Yeah. I'm aware of how far I'm aware. It is so terrorizing here. I'm like... I still can't believe that they included, like, an AV scene when you go to bed. How about you? Me? Yeah. I picked up a game called Deliver Us Mars. Oh, God. This was the this was the third game that played like uh, what's it called, right? Uh, space survival horror. It's like a space survival. It's not even like I don't know what to call this game because it is. I've heard good things about it. It is definitely an interesting game. Game. <laughs> um, I call it the Matt Damon, the Matt Damon Simulator. Is it Matt Damon is the one who's stuck on Mars, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. It is. <laughs> but, uh, basically, it's a uh, it's a survival game where you're stuck on Mars. The uh, It's a sequel to, apparently, Deliver Us the Moon, which I've never played. So I oh, I played that one. That was great. So I want to play Deliver Us Mars. Um, and it's just like survival. So if you've played games like Subnautica... Or the forest. It's kind of like in that vein. <coughs> I, had a, I had fun with it. It wasn't like anything to like really write home. I, I I thought it was an okay game. Yeah. Um, It wasn't like anything special. It's super short. I think. Oh, you know, even the first one was super short. So, yeah. Um, But it was interesting. I, I've been like trying to like find like older games that I've missed that. I've wanted to try that now that they're on sale they, or they, they've gone down in price enough that I, I picked them up. So Deliver Us Mars was one of them. Uh, another one that I, I bought recently because it was on sale was Aztec, The Forgotten Gods, uh, which was like Sounds a 3D platformer with uh, Mayan gods and stuff like that. That's cool. Um, um, I picked up Ao the Clown. Oh, God. Which is a platformer on the Switch. As much as I wanted to make fun, I'm like, oh, I'm buying shovelware. Ha ha ha. What's the worst that can happen? I said, this like, why does this have such tight platforming controls? What the hell? <laughs> why? Why is this a good platformer? Because sometimes teams put actual effort. Even but if it's the game like, looks like crap. The game looks, it looks like what you would find in like the free acid packs that you would get. And it's just like, I, but it's like the controls are so good. I'm like, I guess you guys just didn't have budget to make like cool characters. Yeah. But yeah, why not? I'm playing a clown whose name is AO. <laughs> so Aztec the Forgotten Gods is, uh, it's, a, it's very much a very indie developed game. game. Yeah. Um, the, the platforming is good, decent. I don't want to say good, it's decent. Um, I like the story behind it because, you know, it's, yeah. one of, it's one of the few games that actually, like, delved into myth, myth and the culture and yeah. stuff like that. So I always love when games do that. Um, that game was pretty fun. It's on sale now. It's pretty cheap. I think it's like fourteen ninety nine or something yeah. like that. Uh, so those were the two recent things that I played. Uh, what the, I played something on my Switch the other day. And I was like, this is kind of cool because I bought it. Do you remember the genre uh, of game? It was like a narrative thing. 
Sun Sunbound or something like that. Oh my god, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Oh, right you're blanking on the name. Okay. But uh, basically, it was like this uh, really touching, uh, interactive, like not visual novel, but it's more like a. It plays like a visual, like a yeah. yeah I know what you mean. A very, very, very narratively driven, driven game. game, and I like those. It was really cool. It has an anime art style. It's, uh, the name is really blanking on me right now. I'm probably gonna remember it like tomorrow. Tomorrow, or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'll tell you what I didn't play. I didn't play the Harry Potter game. So. Neither did I. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm not making jokes, but... Uh, I'm not buying the game. Uh, me neither, but uh, we'll get into uh, why what I later. think about that later in the show. Before Actually, I probably, we're probably going to close out the show with my thoughts on Hogwarts Legacy. Um, but let's take some time now because Nintendo had this direct yesterday. A lot of games were showing off. I sat there. I'm like, oh, I'm wondering. I'm like, yeah, they don't really have much coming out this year. I guess they're winding down the... Then boom, it's like, here's all your games. It was like Nintendo. What the hell? Yeah, it's like, damn. Now, granted, I don't want to buy like all of these games, but the fact that there's a There's lot. a majority of games. I sat there. I was like, yeah. oh, you're taking all my money. My throat's killing me. I'm going to go get some water before we come right back. Yes. <laughs> so, so I guess I'll start. So... Yes. So I'm excited for this game personally um pikmin 4 i love the pikmin games ever since it came out on the gamecube um these are great games if you're like an rts fan and like a puzzle fan in a way because it, it is like a fun thing they introduced uh co-op they showed they showed off co-op which i think might be local and online um they also showed off this really cool dog that you now have that you can ride and get across certain obstacles with i wonder if he can help you with boss battles too um they've kind of hinted at what the story is and i think that the story now is um there was a ship everyone evacuated um and it's now up to you to get everyone and like save them before they die on this planet it looks like there's some revival stuff uh tied to it so hopefully that's good um but yeah it's just more pikmin in my opinion the art style looks great Though, I do kind of wonder if they're going to try to tie it into the new Pikmin phone game that's been out for, like, two years. Which tie Uh, Pikmin 4. Okay. If they're going to tie it into what I like to call Pikmin Go. Oh, the, the mobile? The Pikmin mobile Pikmin game, yeah. Okay. I think that'd be kind of fun. Nice, fun cross-promotion. Mm -hmm. But I like the fact that they showed off this little dog. They showed off some new Pikmin. We have some ice Pikmin that look like rocks. And they freeze things. Then you can just, like, shatter them. That's great, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so a lot of, a lot of like, you know, the usual stuff for Pikmin. I like that this one feels more closely to Pikmin 2, where it's just, you're going on the adventure. It's less about like, I think it's less about the adventure. It, it cause judging by what we've seen so far, mm -hmm. it looks like that you were all on one ship and something happened to the ship. So the ship crash land. Cause you look, that thing looks like an escape pod. So I think, and then they showed people who were like stuck like they're, they're gray and everything they're grayed mm -hmm. out and you have to go bring them back so i think it's you're on a rescue mission to save like the crew of your ship mm -hmm. i just want to know where this dog came from because i love this dog it's, it's so, so derpy it's so adorable and derpy like i want <sighs> i don't even want an amiibo of it i want a plushie of it yeah i do um, i kind of want more plushie amiibos remember the yoshi's yarn one yeah yeah yoshi's um, 
One of my things that I hope, this is one of the things that actually turned me off on Pikmin 3. I hate the fact that it's timed where, like, you have to wait through the day. Through the day. And I'm like, I just want to run around and collect things. Like, let me just be free and do that. I get that. It, it's supposed to add a challenge. That's why. Yeah. Because the original game, you only had 30 days to live. Mm-hmm. So that was the whole thing. It's a race against the clock. And what's interesting enough is, I think the original Pikmin game ran into the same issue that StarCraft have. Uh, the original StarCraft Brood War, where uh-huh. the memory would run into an issue if you had too many <laughs> units. So it's like, I think the original Pikmin, the more units you had, the faster the clock ran. I don't remember. I think, don't quote me on that. And that's only because like, yeah, there was a fatal bug. And that was the same thing with um StarCraft Brood War. Right. There's a fatal bug where the more units you have, the game just starts panicking. It's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm like, <laughs> uh, so you're basically racing against the clock before the game crashes. That's hilarious. That's why StarCraft Brood War is so fun because your true enemy is the game itself, not your opponent. <laughs> so yeah, so Pikmin 4 is what Nintendo opened the show with. That got followed up with uh, a new hero coming to Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, Masha is the name of this hero and they're going to be in the uh, volume three of the game's expansion patch, which is uh, coming out on February fifteenth, and then they hinted at volume four. Yeah, very and good. did you see who it was? No, I missed that. The sword that he's holding is Shulk. So everyone's like, "Is that old Shulk?" Ooh, <laughs> that's why I'm sitting here. I'm like, "Wait a second, are they finally actually tying the stories together?" Let's see. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't catch that part. I gotta rewatch it's that. The, it's the it's the original sword. I'm sitting. There, I'm like, wait a second. That that's the awakened version. Okay. And that's a man. Is that old man Shulk? That'd be really cool. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> old man Shulk is clean. Old Eastwood. man Shulk just like get off my lawn. Uh, Sega then showed off Samba de Amigo Party Central. Which Thank is- God. Which is coming summer 2023. I am. I want weird games from Sega again. Give me your arcade collection. Give me a crazy taxi. Uh, like I'm excited about this game, but I I also just I just like motion, motion controls. controls. I understand, crap, and I'm just like, oh man, I'm happy. I understand <laughs> the the reasoning behind that, but at the same time, this game kind of makes sense to an extent to use that. So I'm not really upset by that. What I am upset by, I'm like, wow. We got this. Hey, Nintendo, give me another Rhythm Heaven game. Excuse me. <laughs> A game. Rhythm Heaven? Yes. The last one was on the Wii. Wow. Yeah. Give me another Rhythm Heaven game. Give me the weird, quirky, because these are weird, quirky games. Yeah. Also, Sega, give me that. Um, You know that Sega had an arcade that ran off of the Crazy Taxi, just as a side mm-hmm. note, that you played as an ambulance? And you had to get the patient to the hospital or else like really? yes i don't remember that yeah it's it was an arcade only game um right off the crazy taxi engine and it was very rough <laughs> uh there was a game called fashion dreamer which uh lets you be like uh we get to traumatize a whole new generation of kids i remember style savvy games no i do on the uh, ds yeah you know, my, how many people do you think were traumatized by that into eating disorders? I don't want to think about that. Exactly. <laughs> that's why I'm like, great. That's all I said. I was like, oh, good. 
A whole new generation of traumatized children. Let's go. <laughs> uh, that was followed up with Dead Cells Return to Castlevania, which got a release date of March 6th of this year. Uh, the trailer looked really, really cool. It's basically... It's just Cas- Castle it's Castlevania, Castlevania with Dead Cells. Um, <laughs> so you get to play as the prisoner. It looks like uh, Richter or Alucard are also in the game. Yeah. I don't know if they're playable. I they may know. be playable if you complete like certain things. Like if you, <laughs> I think they're supposed to help you. Yeah. And then after you complete how they help you, I think they unlock. Yeah. That'd be so, fun. It's really interesting that... Uh, they were able to do this game. Konami like, just like Konami's just like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, that's the funny part, because I think Konami looked at this game and they're like, I think that's that's fun. You guys want Castlevania? And that sells people like, what? Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean they have every other indie game in there. Mm-hmm. Castlevania is kind of an indie game if you think about it in a way. In a way, yeah. It has a very niche audience. Yeah. We got uh Tron Identity coming to Nintendo Switch in April, which looks like a uh point-and-click Tron Adventure style game. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ghost Trick Phantom Detective is being remastered for uh, Nintendo Switch. I feel like I'm the only this person who remembers this game. This game originally came out on the Nintendo DS. So. I feel like I'm the only person who remembers this game. By the way, this is by the Phoenix Wright team. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to know that Capcom's... Uh, cares? Cares. Because <laughs> Someone yeah. clearly cares at Capcom. But this was a game where uh, you are a ghost detective trying to figure out your own death. Yep. Uh, very cool game. While preventing another person's death. Yes. It's actually kind of challenging at some points. So uh, beyond that, th- these were like kind of shown off very fast. Go back up. There was uh, Deca Police, which is a new game from Level 5. They're back. Remember like, those yeah, guys? I- oh, I guess they finally ran out of Yokai Watch money. <laughs> Listen, that was printing money for them. Don't lie. Um, <laughs> the trailer was shown. It looks like a, another like detective-based uh, anime-style adventure game. Uh, we then got to see a little bit more of Bayonetta Origins, Cereza, and the Lost Demon. Uh, showed off the game's combat, which looks really cool. Like The first trailer for Bayonetta Origins... Was set up the story and the art I was style. like, this looks weird. And then the combat trail, I was like, okay, I think I might actually want to play this I, I genuinely want to play this, actually. Yeah. Because I, I fell in love with the art style, so I'm like, oh, I wonder how they're going to do it. And then I saw the combat, I'm like, you gave me storybook Devil May Cry. Yeah, it's basically Okami. I sat there, I was like, this is, o- yeah, it's Okami. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I want that. Give me another Okami game, Capcom. <laughs> oh, Okami was... What's now Platinum Studios? Yeah, I know. Was, but they still Capcom they st- still, owns, still Capcom still owns those rights. Owns the rights to it. Interesting. That's why they were in Marvel vs. Capcom. Okay. Uh, Splatoon three is getting a paid expansion pass. It's gonna get two waves of we paid saw this DLC content. The first wave is known as Inc- Incopolis, and it has a new explorable world with new shopkeepers. And it's the original of, one. Yeah, it's basically the the, the first Splatoon. Yeah. Um, the Squid Sisters will perform in an Incopolis during Splatfest competitions. And the first wave is slated to hit around spring 2023. <laughs> and then there was like a, a weird post It looked like that tweezer. was Marie. That looked like uh, Marina from the second game. <coughs> the the, oct- the um, Octoling from the second game. Yeah. Um, 
And it looks like we're going to be focusing on her story, how she came out of yeah. everything. Yeah, it's called Side Order, which yeah. uh, maybe it's probably like a, Another, a side story. A side story. It's just kind of cool. Because it's like, how are they going to top? I'll be quite honest with you. How are they going to top the story after what we just went through? Especially in Platoon 3. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm kind of excited for this. I like that we're going back to Inkopolis. Um, I know you want to keep saying Apocalypse. Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> the Splatpocalypse. <laughs> Splat side? Oh, God. <laughs> no. Anyway, but um, I'm looking forward to this because I'm like, yeah, people have been kind of missing the original city because they're like, hey, it would kind of cool if we could go back to it and things like that. Right. So that's what we're hoping yeah. for. Disney Illusion Island got a new trailer. Uh, it showed more of the side-scrolling world. You showed like a lot of the abilities I the characters have. Really like this, but I'm also cautiously optimistic. I just like I love when Disney's just like here's a game, and you're like, where did this come from? That's how I feel my, my, about it. So Disney games are hit or miss depending on how cheap they actually wanna yeah go on it. Be quite honest with you, their Animal Crossing game is kind of cheap. Not gonna lie. Okay. Like there are times where it's like I'm sitting there, like a character should not. Like, your ankles don't bend while your feet in, in the hill. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like you're Disney. You're one of the richest companies in the world. You could spend the extra... You could spend the 10 cents to properly program that. <laughs> but looking at this, I'm like, oh, wow, you're actually trying. Yeah, it has a very interesting art style. Well, it's um, the newer art style that they're going for, which yeah. is a callback to the rubber band gang. Mm -hmm. uh, following that trailer, we got a Fire Emblem Engage DLC expansion pass news. Uh, new characters are on the way. Uh, Hector, Soren, Camilla, Veronica were shown. They're going to be recruitable through new missions. And the next story chapter, Fell's Analog, was also like kind of shown and teased at. Yep. And uh, Wave 2 of Fire Emblem Engages Expansion Pass was going to basically available now. Yep. It was available the same day as the Direct. So that was cool. Uh, this game intrigued me. Harmony, the Fall of Reverie. I really like this, actually. Like, narrative adventure games have to have a very unique hook for me to actually give a crap about them. Yeah. And, you know, earlier there was that Tron one that they showed. Which... But that looked kind of like, meh. That looked more like a visual novel than an actual <coughs> game. And this, which is not fine. Which is not bad. But this, this looks, looks really cool. I got Grease um, vibes from it. That's why. Yeah. So this is from Don't Nod, which was the studios behind the original Life is Strange games. Yeah. Um, and you'll be able to use psychic abilities to explore, like, different world. Uh, you get to form connections with, like, the characters and stuff like that. Your character also has a little bit of clairvoyance so they can kind of see the future, too. So you can dictate your actions based on the things that you've seen and change the course of events you as you go through the game. you have to choose a god. Yeah. <laughs> you have to choose a god. <laughs> Harmony the fall of reverie is going to be out on june 2023 we then got a new trailer for octopath traveler 2 uh that game's coming out on february 24th so it's coming out very soon uh and then i got excited for this because i love katamari we love katamari is getting a nintendo switch uh remaster uh, it's gonna have new levels a bunch of other enhanced features it's coming out on june 2nd so just a couple of more months and we have some Katamari. I just kind of want a new Katamari game also at the same time. But I know it's like, where do you go from this? I don't know. Like, Katamari I think the Katamari character in 
Smash. Smash, right? <laughs> that should be a character in Smash. This pixel adventure game called Sea of Stars was shown. I'm excited for this game. It looks really good. No, no, I've been following its development for a long time. Yeah. And I'm excited for it because the it, they the dev said, oh, we're pulling from like those old RPGs from like the GBA era, the Super Nintendo era. Right. And it's like we, we kind of want to cross between like how you play Golden Sun. Uh, yeah, Golden Sun. And like Chrono Tr- Cross, Chrono Trigger, things like that. And I'm just like, yes, yes, I need. This is what I mean by give me RPGs that make me care. Yeah. The past few Final Fantasies, I'm like, all right, you're all predictable. <laughs> even Seven Remake, even though like with the twists and everything, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what's gonna happen. Like, yeah. It's very by the numbers. It like, is, and uh-huh. it's like that's why I'm sitting here. I'm like, please, someone look at the JRPG like genre and. Break it up, please. Hopefully, we'll get that game soon. Well, I think this is the game for me. Yeah. So, Sea of Stars will be out on August 29th. It's interesting that it's an August release date because the original, uh, like blurb from Nintendo was like first half, first half of the year. August is clearly after the first half of the year. Yeah. Uh, but whatever. Uh, then there was a multiplayer game called Omega Strikers. Uh, basically, it looks like before. Windjammers. It is. It's basically they're like, hey, we started this before Windjammers Two was a thing. Um, it's basically air hockey or dodge. Yeah, air hockey. Yeah. Um, this is air hockey 4v4. with powers. Yeah, it's air hockey with powers. It's four v four. I played the game before. Um, it was at PAX in twenty twenty. Okay. Played through it. It was really fun. Um, they were working on also Twitch integration. Okay. So like, and they're like, well, we're not sure if we're going to be doing Twitch integration because we don't really, we just want it to have, be a fun multiplayer game. We don't mm. really want to push eSport. I'm yeah. like, good, focus on your gameplay, get your game. If you do Twitch integration, I think it would be kind of fun. So it's like, I think what they were going to do was um, Twitch chat can change how like the field works and things like that. Okay. Which I'm like, okay, if Twitch chat wants to throw up an obstacle or do like, oh, points are worth double for like X amount of time. That would be cool. I think that'd be fine. Yeah. The game looks interesting. It's uh, very, it looked like uh, the game plays Windjammers really well. with waifus. That's yeah, what it, I was saying. The game played really well. It's going to drop on April 17th. Of note, it is going to be a free multiplayer game. So yes. it will be free to play. Yep. Uh, so that's kind of cool. I like free. Free is the price for me. Free 99. <laughs> free Uh Then we got the announcement that the Etrian Odyssey games, the first three uh, in an Origins collection, are being remastered for the Switch. More I, RPG goodness I, for you. No, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I love Etrian Odyssey. I love these kinds of games. And I'm fa- I'm happy with the fact that Atlas and Sega are pushing these games now. Because I'm sitting here. I'm like, you all don't understand. When I say these games are brutal, if you lost a member, they were knocked out. You had to go get another team to go save them. Congratulations. If you didn't have a leveled up team, you got to go play through the whole game again. <laughs> Level that team up just to go save them. That's Crazy. My hardest game in the world from Atlas, and I really hope that they republish it, is Izuna, Legend of the Unemployed Ninja. Oh, my God. Because when you died, not only did you lose all your items and progress, the dungeon reset. It would be <laughs> randomly generated again. I'm like, I hate you. That's crazy. Uh, so Etrian Odyssey is going to be coming out, uh, I think, June, was it? Yeah. Yeah, June. So the Origins Collection drops on June 1st of this year. Um, 
Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. Uh, we actually Nintendo had delayed this uh, prior from its original release date due to the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Game's finally coming out on April 21st. Pre-orders went live the same day as the Direct, so you can pre-order the game digitally now. Funny enough, this is the second time they've had to delay this game. I feel like this was the first delay I heard of it. No. No, specifically with uh, with um, Advance Wars. Okay. The first time was it was supposed to release September 12th, 2001. You could see why they delayed that game. Yeah. <laughs> and then um Nintendo has really bad luck with world events and their game releases, don't they? I don't know. I'm just happy Advance Wars is finally coming. Remember out. The, remember they delayed the Tears of the Kingdom direct? Because the Queen died? The Queen died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like, wow, they're three for three on this. Damn. Damn it, Nintendo. <laughs> I'm just happy it's coming out. I like the new animation that they did, like to show it off. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. To show off the three main characters. Uh, we then got uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, which is getting an additional epilogue. Uh, so you're going to get to play as, uh, what was the character? Mor- Magalar. Magalar. Yeah. Magalar is going to get their own adventure. Um, a demo drops, so you can play that demo now. A Return to Dreamland will also be dropping this month as well on February 24th. Uh, and then after that, they bombarded us with Nintendo Switch Online news. So we're getting Game Boy games and Game Boy Advance games. About time. To the Nintendo Switch. This you know is, what they showed? They showed a lot of things. Well, no. They gave us an F-Zero game. <laughs> the F-Zero Game Boy, yeah. I remember. <laughs> they gave us the GBA F-Zero game. We're eating tonight. <laughs> uh, this is long overdue. I... I I hate how this is one of the things I dislike about Nintendo. I hate the way that this content is drip fed to us. So with the GBA, I've only found this out recently as I was going through. uh, I've been doing I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos about Nintendo's history Mm -hmm. and some of the deep dives have been really good. I did not know that the GBA is a rights headache for Nintendo. Really? Yes. A lot of games like the Minish Cap. Um, GBA and, and Game Boy Color is a rights, even some of the Game Boy games actually as well, are a rights headache for Nintendo because they were developed by studios outside of Nintendo, right? but are published by Nintendo. And the way that the rights work is they have to split profit. So for those of you who don't know, Minish Cap, Oracle Seasons and Ages we're, we're, are Capcom developed. Right. F-Zero is not an in-house it's also Capcom developed, I think, or uh, uh, the GBA the one. The GBA one, is as, a, as well as so yeah. GX slash AX, yeah. those were done by Sega. Yeah, those are done by Sega. Um, and I think Mario Land and the Six Coins is also an external. I don't think Nintendo did that one. Yeah. Yeah. Those, I don't know all what the IPs are owned it. by Nintendo. So that's why I'm sitting here. I'm like, I want to know what the rights nightmare is for Nintendo. So when I see slow drips like this, I'm sitting here, I'm like, they probably have to renegotiate the splits and everything. But it's an on, like it's digital. Yeah, streaming. but like, how do you? Because it's not being sold. How do you pay royalties back? Because remember, back by then the company. Yeah, I know, but how much of the royalty from the online split? That, that's what I'm saying. Because it's not a guarantee that people are going to download. You just that. negotiate on a number, probably. But we're talking about Capcom, who is also kind of 
Stingy. Yeah. yeah. And anyway. Sega, who's a little, who's still a little miffed that they lost the console war. Yeah. So <laughs> from the regular Game Boy li- library, you're going to see the original Tetris. Which is owned by Microsoft. Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX. Gargoyles Quest. Game & Watch Gallery 3. Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare. Metroid 2, The Return of Samus. Wario Land 3, which is a great game, by the way. You should try it. One of the best and games. the original Kirby's Dream Land. Um, more games will be added into the future. They showed The Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Ages, and Oracle of Seasons. They showed off Kirby's Tilt and Tumble. And even the Pokemon trading card game for Game Boy. Which they have to give kickbacks to Hasbro for. That's right, because that's when Wizards Magic of the Coast. Was the, Wizards of the Coast. So, uh, like I said, they like when people are like, "Oh, but it's Nintendo; they could just push these games out." It's like, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Rights nightmare for the Game Boy. Let's yeah. just put it like that. Yeah. Uh, from the Game Boy Advance, we're gonna be getting Super Mario Advance Four, WarioWare Incorporated Mega Micro Games, Kudu 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 Din, which is a puzzle game where you control this I rotating seen that stick. Game in forever. I know it's so I love old. That game. I feel old. Um, Mario Kart Super Circuit's coming to the Nintendo Switch through Nintendo Switch Online. Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. The Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap, which we previously said. Uh, more is coming soon. They showed off Metroid Fusion, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, Fire Emblem, F-Zero Maximum Sun, and Golden Sun. Um, the fact that I'm getting Golden Sun, I'm sitting here, I'm like, you really went out of your way to pay Hudson Saw for that. Right? <laughs> It's like, damn, you know, Nintendo. Like, Nintendo's sitting there, it's like, yeah, it's more. a recession. You get money, you get money, you get... I'm sitting here, I'm like, Nintendo out here giving out stimulus checks to all these well, companies. On a side note, one of the... They, it was reported that Nintendo didn't make... Like, they didn't meet their, like, estimated projections. Yeah. But they still gave the people in their company raises. But, yeah. To deal with inflation. Yeah. So Nintendo's out here is like, listen, you treat your employees well, you get good stuff out of them. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. Like, that's that, how, that, that's run how you company. run a company. Um, I mean, for those of you who don't know, J- Japan is currently going through a, an economic hard time. I, I, the whole it's, world is. Well, like, no, no, no. Japan's economic hard time is 100% their fault because they're... Okay, I'm going to talk economics. I'm sorry. But um, everyone hid their money in Japan by buying the yen. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. This is called forex trading. You, you buy, so you hide your debt in Japan's yen, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're going up a percentage, and everyone just turned and looked at them like, you're no longer below a, per- a full percent. No, we're not. They went up half a percent, and the world lost their mind. <laughs> <laughs> the Metroid uh, Fusion though is interesting to me. Why? Well, for the next game that they announced that oh. nobody saw coming. Yeah, this was a surprise drop. Uh, the original Metroid Prime is now remastered for the Nintendo Switch. I have mixed feelings about it this. It literally dropped the same day as the Direct digitally. It will have a physical release on February 22nd. Grabbing that. Which, that's what I'm waiting for. I, <laughs> I haven't downloaded it yet. I want to own the physical the g- physical thing of Metroid I, Prime. So the remastered. reason why I'm, I'm happy about this, but also unhappy about this... It's like, can you just give me the collector's edition again? That's what I wanted. I wanted, I, I, wanted, I wanted all three. three. But if they're remastering all three with new graphics and everything, fine. I, I think this is the only one they... This is my theory. Yeah. And this is going to sound like conspiracy theory. I think 
this was the reason why Metroid Prime 4 got delayed because Retro was like, we got to learn how to make this on the Switch again. Yeah. So they took Metroid Prime, <laughs> put it on nope, the Switch. Nope, does not surprise me. Does and not then they were like, hey, we did this. Might as well release it, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because for those of you who don't remember, Fusion and Prime released around the same time. Yes. And you could connect Fusion to Prime to get exclusive, you could get the fusion suit in Prime, and you could get the, the Phazon suit in Fusion. Right. And the fact that they showed Metroid Fusion, I'm sitting here, I'm like, does that mean if I play Metroid Fusion, you're gonna look for the save data and do the connection for me? Because if you do that, that's pretty cool. That would be great because that is an Easter egg that not many people knew about. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited because uh, it's a remaster. It's gonna have uh, con you control configuration, which I think looks. There. People, uh, people who are playing it right now, they're like, when it rains and you tilt the cannon up, the water actually, the water drops, actually down. drips down in pools on, on Samus's armor. And everyone's just like, wait, this is the Switch doing this? I'm like, yes, if you give Retro time, they will put out a product. Yeah. <laughs> if you give any studio time with the Switch, yeah. good stuff comes. Like, even Nintendo themselves make some really good looking games on this. Hi, Pokemon. Stop doing yearly releases. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after that, they showed a, uh, some game called uh, Master Detective Archives Rain Cold. Um, it looks like some like supernatural. Dongan Rampa. Uh, that's what it looks like. It, yeah. It's basically it's basically like another Dongan Rampa. I think it's the same devs too, actually. I wouldn't be surprised. But um, that game comes out June thirtieth. Three weeks. Uh, after that, we got an, an announcement of another remaster, which I legitimately said. Holy crap! They remember <laughs> this, game? this game? I know! <coughs> so, Baten Kaitos 1 and 2 are getting HD remasters to the Nintendo Switch. They're, it's a pack of them together, and that's coming later on I'm in the summer sad. 2023. I'm sad because it was confirmed that they're not using the original voice acting. Oh, that's unfortunate. Because I, I was like, no, give me the really bad cheesy voice act. That made the game. Yeah. I would want a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Baten Kaitos was, at least to me, it was one of the first RPG games that had a TCG built into the combat system. So basically, you collect cards to build a deck, and when you fight enemies, the combination of cards that you draw, what do you, you use to attack and heal yourself and stuff like that? So... You actually had to put strategy into your deck. It was a deck building action RPG. It's funny because we kind of went through a bunch of the, this genre of deck building games and people forget about this. Yeah, because there was these ba two. There was Coldcept. Yeah. Um, Battle Networks. Well, that's a little different. but It, it is, but it's a, it's technically the combat system is around yeah. the deck that you make with the chips. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, with these games, like, all, all your attacks were strictly off the deck. Yeah. At least with Mega Man Battle Network. You could do pew -pew. I can move around and go pew pew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Fantasy, Fantasy Life is getting a sequel. Finally. Uh, I love this game. This is a very, very beloved DS game. It's getting a major sequel uh, called Fantasy Life, The Girl Who Steals Time. Um, this game is very much like... Uh, an RPG version of Animal Crossing, so to speak. That's yeah. like the easiest thing I can compare it to. Uh, so to be able to take on different jobs and you basically live out your life in this game. And you can multi-roll. 
In my opinion, I said this like, oh, this would be like the everyday Final Fantasy game. Yeah. That's what I wanted. That's mm-hmm. all I've ever wanted, Square. Uh, no official release date. It's just announced coming out for 2023. Uh, then we got like the really, really, really short <sighs> teaser that a new Professor Layton game is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Professor Layton and the New World of Steam. I'm hyped for this. I love the I'm Layton hyped. series. I'm, I'm hyped for it. I, I How mean, are they going to pitch The other in- one was, up, what, like six, seven years ago? Yeah, about if you count the crossover game, yeah. It's crazy. It's been that long since we got Layton. I just want to know how it's like, okay, so how is he not dead? I don't know. For those of you who don't know, technically he dies um, and gets transported to the same world that Phoenix Wright got transported to. Yeah. Confusion abound. But this is also being developed by Level 5, by the way. Yeah. Um, Just happy that it exists. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Wave 4 is coming soon. Can I just say, I I genuinely believe that Mario Kart 8 has become the live, the true live service game for Nintendo. (laughs) Because I'm sitting here, I'm like, they figured it out. They no longer need to make a, they don't need to make Mario Kart 9. No. Just keep throwing things into 8 and people will eat it up. It's such a good game. Yeah. Um, I just hope that what they showed, that was just not. It no, for wave I don't. Four. I don't okay. think that was it. Just for wave because we got a new track inspired by Yoshi's Island, yep. and we have a new character coming on the the pass. They announced Birdo, Birdo uh, coming to the roster for. I think Mario I think Kart they were just Deluxe. showing off. It's like, hey, we're gonna show this off because normally it's a new cup they yeah. do every time, and they said yes, it's going to be a cup. So it's like, okay, so we have like. I think they do two cups for each one, right? Mm-hmm. So we still have like seven more tracks to go. Yep. This uh, Wave 4 is going to be dropping in spring 2023. Uh, So Mario Kart 8 fans, you have this to look forward to. And then obviously they closed out the show with a new trailer for The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, Do you know who Ganon's voice is? Ganon is voiced by Matt Mercer. How long did it take you to figure that out? Not long. The first word he said, I'm like, Matt Mercer. <laughs> and everyone looked at me like, how do you know? I'm like, he's used in everything now. Yeah. If it's not him, it's Troy Baker. And exactly. If it's, him, it's Nolan North. <laughs> yes. Uh, so <sighs> this game looks huge with the addition of the I just, Sky sequence. I just wanted, I was like, okay, so uh, theoretically, since this is a direct sequel, wh- how did you build the map up? I love the fact that this game was just supposed to be DLC and like we kind of ran we we kind of ran wild. I'm like, this is you guys running wild. You gave us a whole new game, right? Like, I'm thinking like, okay, whole new game. We put we put stuff in the sky. We gave you vehicles, links around driving like a tractor looking thing. It's a hoverboard. He was on this like hovering thing going to the sky pieces. Um, very obvious that we're gonna have Ganon back. If the amiibo is any indication for those of you who are looking at us live, Link's arm. This is this is Twilight. That's all Twilight. This is Twilight. So I'm so hoping that we're gonna get. Some we can stuff. finally get. I think it happens either before or after Twilight Princess. Yeah, which means Twilight Princess now is like what? It's just like a third continuity now. Like there's always been. There's always been uh, three. 
There's you win, return to the child. Right. There's the there's the child one continuing, and then yeah. there's the win or lose as the adult, right? Yes, win and lose as the adult. Or was it win or lose as the child? No, the no, child, it, child is you win, you go back in time, which is the ending of Ocarina, because you're a kid again. Right. And then that's where Majora's Mask and everything happens. That wears Wind Waker and all that. Then there's adult win, which leads to Twilight Princess, and okay. you stay as an adult. Because he gets condemned and sent to the Twilight Realm. There's Adult Lose, which leads to, I think, some of the other DS games and stuff so. like I gotta that. look at yeah. the timeline again. I forget the timeline, but, like, but canonically, yeah. the last game is A Link to the Past. Right. Which that now is A Link Between Two Worlds. Is now the game that takes place after that, because there are two Zeldas. Yeah. Okay. Zelda chronology is crazy. You can write a paper on it. <laughs> you, can, you can write an entire thesis on this. All in all, uh, a pretty sizable direct. I'm excited that there's like Nintendo Switch games coming out. That there I is, want. there is a controversy about the game though. What Tears of the Kingdom? Yes. People are wondering why the game is being listed at seventy dollars. Because uh, inflation. And I'm gonna be quite honest with you. Yeah, to be quite honest, it, yes, we're gonna see it as seventy bucks. But if you look at the Japanese price, it's translates back to 60 essentially with inflation going on with japan and the yeah. weekend so yeah it costs us 70 bucks but on nintendo's books it's gonna look like yeah every game is like 60 bucks basically yeah. the other thing too is uh, like think about that every game you're losing is like 10 bucks i know like that's insane the other thing that I attributed to is also that it's just a sign of the times, too. Game development has gotten really expensive. Yeah, I, I agree with that years. as well. I also want to say, like, the reason why the bump from 50 to 60 happened um, was originally because HDMI spec. Going right. to HD, you had to pay for the licensing fee. That mm -hmm. doesn't exist for 4K or anything like that, thankfully. But, just so everyone knows... um. These are still cheaper than when I remember what games we were playing. Remember when Banjo Kazooie was like 85 bucks? I remember Nintendo 64 games being like 70, 80, 90, 105 dollars. If like you were here for the pre show, there was a Nintendo ad in the 90s. I'm going to bring it up. I'm sorry. Where a dad gets discovered. Like, it can't air today, but you can look this up. It's a dad gets discovered by his kid cross, uh, cross, cross wrestling. Yeah. And he tells the kid how much to keep this away from your mother. And the ad is literally Nintendo saying, hey, we dropped all our game prices, like for our major titles, to $34.99. I remember that. Yeah, that was the ad. Whoa. <laughs> it was after Smash came out and everything, too. And everyone's just like, wow. I'm like... You can't air that. I, 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 it also calls to mind, uh, I think this was with, I don't know if it was PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3, where Sony was like, all our first party titles are going to be this price going forward. Forward, like yeah. Like $39.99 or something like that. Yeah. I remember that. Like, that was a big deal. Yeah. Because some games were like $49.99. Sony was just like, nah, we're doing um but yeah the, like the economy no man. do i think but do i think every game needs to be 70 bucks no. no and i don't think every first party nintendo game is going to be 70 bucks things like i don't think a mario game is going to be 70 bucks i'm gonna be quite honest with you i think this zelda is going to be 70 bucks because a i think it's like three times the size of the original zelda they gotta recoup that cost somehow probably um this thing has been in development for how long since they announced it a couple of years four years just about yeah after they finish the DLC, which is the launch of the console. 
So I don't see this as a thing, but I also see this as Nintendo may, like slowly shifting to their next console, maybe. I think so, too. I think this is just the sign of the times that like we're probably reaching the... Uh, the tail end of, of the, Switch. the Nintendo Switch. Now, if they announce a Switch 2 that is backwards compatible and everything, because they'd be dumb not Which to. They probably will. I, I definitely see a Nintendo Switch XL I, I see it as like a thing. The Nintendo 3 Switch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally feel like yeah. they're going to do what they did with the 3D. There was a 3DS, the 3DS. There was the DS, the 3DS, the 3DS then the 3ds xl and stuff like like yeah, i generally I see, see that as well that. the new 3ds yeah nintendo new switch it wouldn't surprise me yeah and the reason why it doesn't surprise me is because they've even admitted it. it's like yeah we're hitting we're hitting the technological limit right now mm-hmm. nvidia is no longer providing security patches for this stuff mm-hmm. they need a new chipset nvidia has been shopping around so it's like hey you might be getting 3090 chipsets like mobile chipsets who knows yeah, which isn't bad. It's like, yeah, oh, that's a last gen card. Who cares? You can play everything right now. It still can play everything right now. Exactly. Anyway, so that was the Nintendo Direct. Um, I think uh, we're gonna do something a little different uh, for our closeout show because I do want to take a moment to talk about uh, the Harry Potter and fire in the room. <laughs> the, the elephant in the room, the, the fire, trash fire, the trash fire that is happening uh, within uh, gaming right now. So I prepared what I was originally going to do as an article and the way it came out felt more like a speech. So I figured it'd be something for me to like deliver to you guys personally. Um, so I'm going to go through this. This is like a culmination of everything that I feel how this should be handled uh, and i'm gonna first start it out by how i feel how i feel about jk rowling and jk rowling waited as long as she did to make her beliefs known like how she actually feels about people at this point in her career uh, after creating a universe of beloved characters and these characters have irreversibly been ingrained into our pop culture she can say whatever she wants and it won't harm her one bit uh she is literally banking on the power of nostalgia which is causing many people to look through the most saturated of rose tinted glasses and overlook her beliefs and her destructive comments in favor of buying this highly anticipated game hogwarts legacy uh which is set in a world that uh you know a lot of us fell in love with and the, the unfortunate thing is it's working. You know, anything Harry Potter probably has left a horrible taste in some of our mouths now, uh, myself included, uh, mostly because it hurts me to no end uh, her thoughts and her words, her stance uh, on the, her stance towards the LGBTQIA plus community, especially uh, people who are trans, uh, it hurts me to see that people are still going out there, uh, buying this game and streaming it, um, with, without like any actual like care or thought into this. Um, she very easily could have chosen to take her money and just disappear into the ethers and we would have been none the wiser, but instead she's taking this money. She's using her platform and she is actively driving a wedge between 
the LGBTQIA plus community and the rest of the world, but she's also driving this wedge within the queer community itself. And at the same time, uh, in this slippery slope of an argument, uh, there's so much confusion on where to take a stance. Um, and one of the things that I do feel is a little silly is the idea of being guilty by association because you participate in a hobby. I do think it's a little silly to say that just because you buy this game, you yourself are a transphobe. I think that's far-fetched. Are you supporting a transphobe? Yeah, you are. Like, that's that's the clear cut, you know, whether you know about her stance or not. If you buy this game, you are inherently supporting J.K. Rowling. And I understand that people are more than the sum of their parts, and that does include the things that we are interested in as peeing. But I also understand, like, not everyone playing the game knows about this controversy and her actions. I, You know, believe it or not, people some people live in a bubble. They don't pay attention to every nuance out there. They don't follow social media. They don't follow the news. They're just in their bubble. They want to go, I just want to play the Harry Potter game. And that's fine. I have nothing against you just wanting to play a game because it's something you enjoy. It's something, you know, you like, you've grown up with, whatever the case may be. Um, but as someone who does this sort of news thing, you know, I want to bring attention to this problem um, and kind of like just give examples why, you know, people may find this harmful. And let's say we do go with the flawed logic or premise that we assume everyone did know about the controversy. It shouldn't affect anyone to act violently and begin making a tracking system to follow everyone who bought the game and streams it and then dox them or harass them. That is truly asinine. I think that steps over a boundary of sorts. If that line of thought is so actively harmful to someone, I actually question whether or not you truly care about the actual subject at hand. Maybe you just want to lash out at anyone you can. That action is definitely more self-centered than anything about whatever cause you may think you want to go after. And I get it. You know, J.K. Rowling wasn't involved in the game, but she still gets money from it. Whether you want to admit it or not, buying the game does, in fact, support her and her anti-trans rhetoric. It doesn't matter that they threw a trans character in the game. The idea is, if you really want to oppose J.K. Rowling, you need to stop giving her, her creations, and her extremely harmful views a platform. And if you have trans friends, or you know people who are trans, and they see that you're playing this game... Um, they may get upset. They might not. I don't know. I don't know who your friends. I don't know who they are. But for many who are trans, seeing support of this game will probably make them feel less safe around you and trust you less. And that's something that you have to take into consideration. Basically, actions have consequences. This is a consequence that you may run into if you choose to buy this game. Alongside that, there's also a case for like what I like. I think the the term is performative activism. Act, performative activism. <laughs> activism somehow still makes it into the podcast. I know, right? <laughs> um, 
there's like that there's this like false outrage oh, i want to boycott everything and i'm like yeah you know there's ways to go about that and the thing is like during all these type of movements there's always a group of like disingenuous people who try to look like the good guy you know for validation or the clout or whatever they think they're the heroes because they can go online and you know they wake up and they're like wizard game bad you suck if you buy this look i don't think you should buy this game i'm not going to penalize it if you do because if you're going to boycott the game, you need to also protest the other companies she gets money from. Are you going to go down to Hollywood and stop ticket sales? Are you going to stop buying the toys? She makes incredible amounts of money off of so many other companies. You would literally have to like stop entirely supporting Harry Potter. And I think that leads to a lot of us overlooking the ways that you can create actual change. Instead of resorting to bullying streamers just because they're playing a video game. For many, getting this game truly doesn't mean anything. Except that they like Harry Potter. And they may not share the same views as J.K. Rowling. They may not even care. And that's just a case of privilege, which that's an entirely separate argument than what I'm trying to convey right now. But that doesn't mean you go around throwing baseless labels at people. That truly serves no purpose and only continues to divide everyone further. And in turn, if you decide to throw those basis labels at people, that means you yourself are the same monster you're trying to fight. Like I said before, if anything at all, actions have consequences. Understand that your trans friends and acquaintances, they're more important than support of a mediocre book franchise. And yes, even though I'm a fan of it, I bought the Harry Potter books, I've watched the movies, they're mediocre. This shit is Star Wars for dummies. And no one is able to admit that, okay? And it's written by an extremely hateful person. I'm not going to buy the game. I don't think you should buy the game because it's hurtful to buy this game. I also don't think you should send death threats at people just because they bought the game. Instead, take the time to educate like I'm doing right now. And inform yourselves, make your own opinions. At the end of the day, we should really only be trying to do one thing and one thing only. And that's taking care of ourselves and taking care of our fellow human beings in hopes of a better tomorrow. And that's kind of like all I have to really say about the whole thing. Until next time, you've been decoded.